Hey gang, and welcome to the Faith Recovery and Music Weekly Podcast, focused on all issues dealing with alcoholism, drug addiction, faith, and recovery. Here, we share our stories, our experiences, struggles, and successes as we walk hand-in-hand with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But that's not all, because we also have some great guests sharing their stories and testimonies. We'll also be joined by some wonderful musicians performing original and inspirational songs pertaining not only to God and faith, but also in regard to our journeys as we travel to and on the road of recovery. My name is Timothy Bryce, and I'm so happy to be your host. I've worked for the church for over 20 years as a musician and as a praise and worship leader, and I've played music professionally my entire adult life. And by the grace of the good Lord, I am 28 years clean and sober. And I'm thrilled to say that joining me every week will be our brother in recovery, Jeremy Garris, owner and CEO of Spirits at Rest Treatment Facility in Montgomery, Minnesota. The gang, it gets even better because also joining us every week will be our good friend and mighty man of God, Pastor Christopher Mark. I truly feel this ministry is my calling and God's plan for my life. I'm blessed to serve him and hopefully help you on your own personal journeys through faith and recovery. Let's get started. Hey guys, it's your old pal Tim! And I'm so glad that you're here with Faith Recovery Music Podcast. It's going to be great when you live in a van down by the river. No, sorry. I'm uh, just kidding. This is Christopher. This is Pastor. No, uh, we've got a right. we've got a special podcast coming to you live from FRM headquarters. Really excited about today. Today we're celebrating some really cool things. Time to celebrate good times. Come on. So I am uh, Pastor Fer. I'm Christopher Mark. I come from New Day Church. Love that you're here. I'm going to be the host for this episode because I'm joined with two mighty men that have uh, decades of recovery. There's actually almost 50 years of recovery mm. joining me uh, in this interview today. Uh, so I'm just excited to first introduce Timothy Price. Timothy Price, many of you know him, you love him. He is the head honcho of Faith Recovery and Music. Uh, he uh, oh, is so talented when it comes to his guitar playing. He has so much experience, uh, over 20 years of being on staff at churches, uh, but uh, has such a heart to see people rise up in recovery and really do that well. So just really excited to introduce you. This is hey, Timothy Price. Hey. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I couldn't do the Mad Foley. <laughs> hey. How do you do that? <laughs> hey, I, I'm trying to get my, my mouth. When right. you oh. live in a van down by the river. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that you're here, Tim. Thanks, Tim, buddy. you got 28 years of recovery. I do, by the grace of God. That's I a do. few laps around the sun. Yes, Thank sir. you, Lord. Woo-hoo. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah and then uh, we're also really excited to share with you our other uh, co host for today, uh, Mr. Jeremy Garest. He has. A special. This is a special day. This special is special day, man. This is it. He yeah. finally went to McDonald's and he bought something off the. <laughs> no, that wasn't it. No, no, uh, no. He, Jeremy Garest was spirits at rest in Montgomery, doing some mighty things uh, when it comes to recovery for the region in this mm-hmm. area. I love his heart. There's so much uh, uh, to celebrate. But today, 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 right join now, with us as right we celebrate. Now. This is the day. Jeremy has two decades of recovery. Today, March right. 8th, 2022. Yeah. yeah. So thank excited. You. Thank man. you, guys. What's punk. it like? You know, it's beautiful, man. You know, Come I posted on, on Facebook today. You're such a punk. Exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> man, I What'd posted you post it's, today. Yeah, it's 7,304 days, wow. one day at a time, huh? Wow. You ever one look at it that at way? I, I got that... Uh, the sober app. Oh, dude, I have right? to do. I have to do seconds, man. God, I look at that time and it's just like, wow. I don't open this app very often, unfortunately. Sober time, it's called, huh. right? And it keeps track of your time. And I just opened right it today, and I went, oh my god, that's cool. How many days is it again? <laughs> seven. Here, let me look that up because yeah. <laughs> I mean, if really, anything as more fast than, as it came in, it went out seven thousand three hundred and four. But who's, really? but who's 7, counting? 7,304 <laughs> days. Congratulations. And that had buddy. to start with one. one. Day one. Day, day one. one. Yeah. Man. 
Do you yeah. remember day one? Oh boy, day was one day was one a challenging. Was, was day, it like, man. oh man, this is awesome. No. Seven thousand three hundred four. That's coming soon. I, 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 I think our day ones were similar. We were just yeah. sitting around. We'd both won the lottery. And yeah. life was great. Oh, and it's man. like. Let's quit drinking because our lives are so wonderful. Yeah, so manageable. Yeah, manageable, yeah. yeah. I had somebody managing my life for me that day. No I woke trauma. up in the Carver County Jail. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. yeah. Wow. Walk us through day one. Dude, day one was a yeah. Day one was a painful day. It was mm-hmm. a tough day. You know, I had drank myself for a year straight into wow. trying to forget all the mistakes I had made Whew. over the last, you know, 10, 12 years. I was um, out on bail for a domestic assault with yep. a gal that I was uh, dating and wow. uh, we, we kept getting into brutal fights while huh. we drank and I grabbed her by the arm one day and tossed her out the front door you know and cops showed up and you're not supposed to do that no. yeah you know so I, I, yeah. I had gone to jail and gotten out on bail for that uh, my car accident had happened you know and killed Kevin a good friend of mine yeah had another uh, incident in a bar where we had left and got into a fight and someone had gotten stabbed. So I had all these charges against me. So I just was drinking and drugging and drinking and I couldn't face anything. It seemed like as it was piling up more and more and more, I just wanted to do more and more and more to try to forget or run away from everything that was happening. But I will tell you guys that I was... I was such a thug that I didn't leave the environment and I did it on purpose. Like I thought a couple times, like, why don't I just get my, my vehicle and I can drive to another state and just try to run from all this. Yeah. Cause yeah, I've had friends and other people do that disappear for years yeah. trying to uh, get away from warrants and stuff. But I don't know. Part of me also, you. part of me also wanted to always be like up in everybody's face. Like I ain't got no problem, whatever you got the problem right now. You know what I mean? Like that was the way. So that day, you know, so back up a little June 7th, 2002 I was uh, doing a sale event up in Elk River Minnesota and I had to I had to listen I had to call a number to see if my color was called and that day we ended up drinking I we had a really good day sold a lot of cars and at like 8 30 we started drinking you know and, and Windsor was my drink you mm-hmm. know I liked Windsor so I was pounding Windsor and Red Dog that night and got just annihilated and um my color was called but i didn't even check it until like 11 30 oh, no. and then i'm like well i ain't oh. gonna pass this you know and i kind of ran out of all my scheming ways of getting around them all the yeah. time you know well, you it just a, happened that you i were a, a dirty dog back in the i was day, a dirty dog have, i haven't had friends who did blow for me say, I'm Jeremy, right. <laughs> yeah, i just right? caught myself in a spot and here's the word i think i wanted to give up you know what yeah. i mean like i wanted to you give wanted in to yeah. i wanted to quit and, and instead of like figuring out a way out of it i just drank i drank till like two o'clock in the morning polished off a liter of windsor and then i and i got up at like i I got up at like six in the morning you know because they had to be there within a specific time between like seven and ten to blow right and i got up at six knew it was almost an hour drive uh and uh just and i just drove you know there and failed that breathalyzer do you remember Uh, what it was no but it was bad you know it was probably two oh or something you know come and this is march 8 2002 you know so um I, f- I failed that breathalyzer that morning, huh. and they threw me in jail, you know, and I passed out. So about this time, I probably woke up that day going, holy fuck, you know. You know what, was, what, when you were in jail, would you did you have space all to yourself, or was it? Yeah, you know, actually, I did there. They actually okay. had, it was a county jail that had, it was a big car, it was Carver County Jail, and they had their own little rooms. I remember that, yeah. so I, it was a tearful day. I think what was March it like 8th being and, in that jail? I think March 8th, I cried a lot that day. Yeah. I think, yeah. like, everything just kind of, like, built up on me, like, so much that I couldn't take it anymore. Wow. Um, I think I spent March 8th and March 9th um, crying in a cell. Huh. You know, it's like, so today I celebrate this. Yeah. But, man, you look back on that very first couple days, they were brutal. Um, it was March 10th that somebody gave, it was a couple days later, I'm pretty sure it was two, and one of the guys there gave me a blue book. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it was my first time reading an AA book, even having anything to do with any type of recovery. Yes. Like not even knowing what it was. Yeah. And I just remember in my cell that day reading it wow. and thinking to myself, oh, my God, like half the stuff in that book, <laughs> I thought they were like recording what I was doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I relayed so much Am of I that being book punked? to my life. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and it was it was it was very difficult 
to look in the mirror. And, you know, in prison, it's a, the, the jail, it's just distorted mirrors anyway, right? It's right. not a real yeah, mirror. Yeah, they don't have the creme de la creme. <laughs> yeah, right? Because yeah. they can't give you real glass because you'll I, break it. So I don't know if this is anything. It's what I've experienced in my life. There's times where I've had to just slow down and be silent. Yeah. And there's times where that silence can be so loud. Oh, yeah. yeah. If there's stuff that's haunting you, yeah. that silence can be the really loud. silence. Yeah. Like I said, I, I spent... Uh, I spent a couple of days in there crying. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was not a crying person. Like, I was hide everything inside really? and turn Kim it into said anger. said that you've been, <laughs> ah, just kidding. Right, dude? Just kidding. Kim just knows how to make me cry. Ah, that's, that, Kim's Jeremy's wife. <laughs> yeah, just Kim's so you know. my wife. But, how about uh, you, Tim? Do you remember day one? That was oh, absolutely. more than 28. Do you remember the day? The date? Uh, I do. I do. Um, you know, uh, a lot like you, Jeremy, I was, I was awaiting court for my third DUI oh wow I was uh, my car was gone I was sleeping in a van down by the river in a van down by the river by the (laughs) grace of God my brother was letting me stay on his couch wow so I had a place to stay he was it was was, yeah Yeah. and um, here's how God worked so um, I had tried so many times to quit Hmm. um this was, I, I can't even, I can't even remember how many times I had tried to quit. Yeah. Um, I'd been to treatment three times prior. Um, like I said, I was on my third DUI. I'd been in and out of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous meetings, NA meetings, CR, different churches, um, different all sorts of different things to try to find the answer and mm. see if I could ever clean up. Um, but I could never, I could never get any time in because of all of the trauma I had experienced growing up and just my childhood. And uh, so, what was different was this was hands down the the worst that my life had gotten as a result of drinking and drugging. Wow. Um, not just uh, mentally, but physically too. I, I shook really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I couldn't drink anymore without blacking out. And I did, uh, I did what so many of us do. You know, we take speed, coke, crank, right. or whatever to keep, uh, to, to be able to drink. I had to do that so I wouldn't black out. And my health was really... It was pretty, pretty bad. Like I said, I shook a lot and, um, but it was different that I knew God was with me this time. Wow. So just, there was a sense that there's something more that's joining with you. The night, this is, this is what happened to me is that the night before I had gone out and I had what people call a moment of clarity, but it wasn't a moment of clarity. It was God. It was a divine intervention. Mm. Um, and I talk about that often where, you know, if you're unfamiliar with what a moment of clarity is, that's when in the, the midst of our drinking and our drugging, when things are getting real bad, maybe you've hit your bottom, maybe you're on your way to hitting your bottom, all of a sudden, you realize what the hell you're doing. Mm. After so many people have said, "Why are you doing this?" What you know? Oh my gosh, you're you're pulling yourself down. You're pulling the whole family down. You're pulling your friends down. It's like, how can you live like this? And every time people would say that to us, while we're in the throes of a day, it just bounces right off. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it just doesn't have any effect. And. Um, uh, a lot of people will say in the midst of all of that, all of a sudden you clearly see exactly what's going on and what it's doing to your life and everybody around you. And I think uh, some other people's, they're different. I mean, no sure. one is the same. Yeah. But I got to tell you, I truly feel like God spoke to me. And wow. I've talked about this before. But I feel like God showed me my past, and he showed me the present. Like I would say, sort of like a Christmas like carol. Like Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Uh, and showed what the possible future could look like. And the future like was... If you keep doing what I had doing. nothing to do with my future. Wow. I wasn't, I wasn't a part of it, you know? Wow. And um, 
And I felt that presence. Yeah. I felt, I felt that power. I felt God's breath upon me. Hmm. And I just started bawling, crying. And right there, I'd already, I'd already been drinking. Yeah. And um, it was probably about 10.30 at night. But right there, after all of that happened, I stopped. Even that night, I didn't even say, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep drinking tonight and start tomorrow." I was right there, and I was done. Wow, done. It's Almost cool. like a lever. It took you from where you were to where you ought to be. But it was, it was in a sense too, because like so many times when I tried to quit before, um, there was a lot of what I call white knuckling and gnashed sure. teeth. Yeah, where. I never really worked through the steps. Mm-hmm. I knew yeah. a little bit. I could always admit, you know, mm-hmm. I could always know that a power greater than myself, even though I really didn't know much about it, you know. <laughs> but when I would come down to the fourth and fifth step, man, I'd chicken out, mm-hmm. you know, and I just couldn't get myself to do that. But I that knew. That inventory. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A fourth, fierce inventory. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Took a complete moral and physical inventory of ourselves. Yes. Yep. Um, and then to have the the courage to, to, to another it. human being yeah, yeah yeah to god another human right. being that's a big and I deal knew that time and i knew yeah that i had to do it mm-hmm. so let me ask you this mm-hmm. i uh, the science that's available now it says that it, you to start a new habit takes anywhere from 21 to 28 days yeah uh, to have it be reinforced it can take six to seven months for it to be reinforced so it becomes that becomes a way of living uh what was the first 30 days like for you, Tim, when you stepped into recovery? Was that, was it all pie and sky? Was it easy street? Was it, were you? Uh, no, oh no. It, yeah. was hard. it was hard for me because I was, I was a physical wreck. You know, I, uh, I went through, uh, DTs and, okay. you know, I, uh, I, and when you say DTs, just for shakes, people, tremors, yeah. um, sweats. Okay. And it was sounds like me watching the Vikings yeah, play football. Yeah, yeah, but it's, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but you're talking. You're actually physically. You're experiencing this. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, I, uh, I knew it was different. Um, but even I don't know if I would have had the courage or the strength to get through that at an earlier time. Sure. Without what I feel, God did when He intervened in my life. That moment. That moment. Yeah. yeah. And um, right on. And I also, not not at that moment, but it took me even in recovery. Like I mean, recovery for me was the physical part. Getting over that, that wasn't that hard, mm-hmm. because you know it's sort of like, you know, it's sort of like breaking a leg or hurting yourself or being sick. Yeah, it's uncomfortable and it stinks, but we kind of know we're going to get past that, you know. The hard part for me was dealing with everything that started coming up that I couldn't cover up with booze or drinking anymore. And what is that? Like you, yeah. uh, kind of the things that were haunting you? Yeah, or the... absolutely. It yeah. was It was what I call my committee. Okay. The, the committee. And I, and I like to say, too, um, um, uh, a good friend of ours, Tara, I was <laughs> talking to her once, and uh, I won't say where I know her from. And... Um, we were talking about committees and how sometimes we have not voices in our head where they need to haul us off to Bellevue, but we, <laughs> you know, we have those those voices that say we're not quite as good as everybody else, mm. where we don't add up, you know, um, we're never going to be as good as you. God loves everybody but you. Yeah. All of those wow. things, you know. So at that time, I probably had about. Um, a committee of about 200 members, <laughs> you know, and wow. uh, you can fit 200 people in that head of yours. Oh yeah, easily, <laughs> easily, easily. Yeah. So, but the the good news is, is after 28 years of recovery, you've been firing the, some of them. The right? committee, you fired. Th- they've been fired. Yeah, and I'm down to now. I'm down to one pesky critic, mm-hmm. and that's uh, what Tara and I were talking about. Huh. How so? When the pesky critic shows up. And we know they rear their heads once in a while. Sure. You can't be in recovery without the pesky critic rearing its head once in a while. I don't think. But the thing is, is we learn how to to deal with it. And we learn that when the pesky critic or your voices or whatever you want to call it, yeah, uh, that inner self 
when it rears its ugly head that we don't have to believe it. Right. And we it, can recognize, hey, though, that's not the right voice to listen to. And that's at that time, right, I still believed it. Huh. And then you've got 200 critic or right. 200 people on your committee telling you you're not going to make it. You're not wow. going to do this, you know. And As you're saying all this, what I'm thinking of is the, the Muppet Show. You remember back in the day they would have those two critics that would be <laughs> yeah, out there yeah. heckling oh, yeah. them all. Like, so I'm just picturing yeah. 200 of them. Yeah. But thanks. To, uh, to, Jeremy, how about you? What was uh, the first 30 days for you? Was that? Uh, it was, you know, I'll tell you guys, it was really dark. You know, it was very yeah, dark for yeah. me. So I spent 45 days in jail before I got released. Oh, wow. Yep. So the first, I'm going to, I'll probably speak on it to 30 days in there, 45 days, sure. or 30 sure. days on the yeah. street, right? Because they were two different ways of handling things. You right. Know? But the very first 30 days in, in jail, um, I started going to meetings. I actually had two AA meetings there a week that were in jail, hosted by people in the jail. Um, so I went to my first couple meetings there, and that gave me some bit of hope I suppose right right that's so I started to feel like there's an answer to some of this but just to kind of give you guys an idea my prosecuting attorney was the same one for all my charges a year prior would carry in the folder underneath his arm then it went to carrying it with two hands and then before like leading up to me being in jail they they had a cart for all the files that I had uh, become part of you know so you know all that was just like weighing me down so deeply and then I have so I have these voices in my head when you talk voices in your head you know, I I was I had my stepdad constantly in my head telling me I wasn't good, that yeah. I was worthless, yeah. I nobody loves me. I mean, just all these things then were going through my head at the same time. Kind of these recordings that you just oh, allowed so to play. So many over of them. And, and a lot of play. it's the same tape getting played yeah. over. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of people. There was just certain people that really hurt me at a right. young age. There was right. some sexual abuse, hmm. you know, that I had to deal with that I never did deal with and that you know, that was a uh, as a youngster, so just like all these things were wanting to get out. Yeah. And I'm no clue how to let them out. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I only knew how to punch somebody in the face if I got yeah. too emotional. I only knew how to tell somebody off if I got too emotional. I only knew how to shut down. Yeah. So the, the ability to, um, to start speaking, to start talking, to let people know how I felt. I, the, my first, my first, you know, 45 days, I didn't know how to do that, you wow. know, so um, it, it was just a lot of crying, a lot of tears yeah. in, in a jail yeah. cell because I just didn't know anything else. I got in front of a judge. It was about four, day 45 and uh, for another bail hearing, but I had violated several bails. You guys got to understand. I think I, vi- I was on my fourth or fifth violation and they just pretty much made it sound like I wasn't going to get out mm. this time. And I was facing you know, four to 10 years in prison if I got charged with a lot of the stuff that were in those files on top of the crim vehicular, you know. Um, so I I didn't I didn't know what to do. I got in front of a judge though after 45 days, my lawyer did accomplish that. And um, I just started crying. Like yeah. I had real emotion in front wow. of her. And I just told her, I said, I just, I'm lost. I'm found, I found uh, somewhat of what you would call recovery in here. Yeah. And I feel like I definitely need to go to a treatment. I need to get help. Which, did you ever see this judge before? No, no, this gal, and and it was, because again, it was Carver County. I had to check in and do my thing at Carver County because it was a lot closer drive to Elk River than Scott County. Sure. To this day, I don't remember how I ended up there, but I ended up there. All my cases were in Scott Scott County. County. So this this judge I seen in Carver County, I never went back to Carver County again. Everything was always in Scott County moving forward. Um, But I'll tell you, I just... I was in a lot of tears. Wow. And then they let me out. She let me out on my own recognizance, said, hey, you got to go to treatment then, you know, ordered me this. Yeah. But again, like, so what we do nowadays is so valuable, you know, how we help people because I walked out of that jail, man. And I and had, built a treatment center. Well, no, all right. Well, a lot of time yeah. later, but yeah. I had, they didn't hand me anything no, saying where yeah. the nearest treatment centers yeah. were. You know, that was 2003. The internet was available to a computer I suppose but I don't you didn't have cell phones or anything that would help you find anything around you so my mom I remember my mom picking me up and God, my mom supported me through those early times. Thanks, mom. I know. We love, love you, my mom, for that. And mom, I oh man, did I alienate mom for a lot of years? But mom didn't care. She was always yeah. there. Um, so I mean, for That's her to so good. for Isn't her that to come, amazing? it is you, for yeah. her to come get me out of jail that time again, yeah. and then not be all mad How at me or yelling. Um, twenty four, twenty five. Yeah. I turned. Mom. I turned 25 in jail huh. after my car accident. In jail. I mean, I'm sorry, I turned 25 in the hospital. Okay. So then I got sober 
that following fall. So yeah, I'd have been 25 years old. Wow. And man. she didn't even yell at me. She, she, I think she was pretty grateful that I was, I told the judge I needed, I wanted to go to treatment. Yeah. And mom was pretty, uh, wanted me to get into treatment. Obviously was right. really happy to hear that I was talking, getting help. Yeah. But I'll tell you, man, I didn't get in. I think it was probably two weeks before I could get an assessment. Okay. That time, right? So for two weeks, I had you to sit You were doing your own? Oh, wow. My mom lived in the trailer park in Belle Plaine, so I remember, and the crazy part was, was a lot of my buddies I tore it up with lived across the street. Oh, like, you know, man. literally, kitty corner. Wow. So I remember just like, I didn't leave a house. Yeah. I had mom got me cigarettes. You've experienced the, you, you've, you're far enough into it where you're seeing some hope. Yeah, right. You're right. seeing the. Benefit I don't know if of... I've seen hope yet. I can tell yeah. you right now, I did not want to do it anymore. Okay. I did not want so to be knew, in trouble anymore. I didn't yeah. want to be in trouble anymore. It's I like wanna... what's that phrase? Been there, done that. Own the T-shirt. Don't I carried go back. so much pain. There's a lot mm. in the in the, you know, talking about the first thirty days. You usually, you know, for, for people to to walk into a meeting or walk into a church or, or do anything when it comes to literally having had enough where you feel beaten down and you're done um first off that takes a lot of courage Mm. to do that and if you're if you're at that place right now we get it we get it um and it is not the first 30 days this this is what carried me through actually i was like so many people it's like i lived at the clubhouse so Hmm. i was telling you i was sleeping on my brother's couch yeah and just a mess and there was a place he lived in these apartments and then right across uh roswell road which was the road (laughs) where we (laughs) lived off sure there was this clubhouse and i just there was something about it and i drove past it all the time wow you know when i was using and lived in that area yeah and I, I remember the next day telling my brother, I've got to quit. I, I can't. I, I, and, of course, you get the, yeah, whatever, sure, you know. And I walked out. This is the next day. And um, walked up to the edge of Roswell Road and walked down the street. And sure enough, it was an AA clubhouse wow. that I could walk to right cool. there. And I met. My uh, temporary sponsor that day, because even though I was feeling beat down, and I was shaking, and I was a wreck physically, mentally, um, I knew that I couldn't do it on my own. Hmm. And in the midst of all of that, we we talk about the first thirty days. I, I know it was hard for me. It was really hard, but there's always that driving factor that this is. All of a sudden, you start doing these things. You start doing the things that are suggested, yeah. like getting a sponsor, yeah. working through the steps, yeah. hanging out at the club. I mean, I I live there. I, you know, and if I got to tell you, if if you need to live at the clubhouse, live yeah. at the clubhouse, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and they say ninety and ninety. It's like I did ninety and seven. You know, <laughs> just because I was so scared yeah. of using again. Wow. You know, and but even in the midst of all of that, I. Uh, I tore my nails up after about two weeks clean trying to climb a wall because I was such a mess Mm. and just trying to deal with this and life and everything coming at you. But I got to tell you, that driving force of knowing that your life can only get better is there. And then if you have, if you're seeking God and you know God has forgiven you and the grace and the power can uh, of that forgiveness can get you by right and you're taking action we have to take action and working yeah. with other people or even if you're not working with other people that much right there because we're newcomers yes people are working with us yeah you know and i remember um my spot he's still my sponsor wow back in atlanta come and, on uh, he took me to waffle house hmm. oh and, you and, had me at waffle house yeah yeah and he he sat down and he's talking to me and, you know, asking. And I, and all I'm thinking is, what does this guy want from me? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what do what's you, his what agenda? Do you, what's, his, what's the angle what's he, of this? Yeah. He's got to be he got out. going. And you know what? 28 later, he's day, 28 years later, he's still my sponsor. Wow. And he still he helps with. Uh, I call him up with stuff Come like. On. I call him Yoda. Call him up and talk to Yoda about faith recovery and music on things. Cool. You know, that's. You know. That's but you know really, what I mean, though. You know, it's like don't let don't let. Even though it's yeah. hard, the first 30 days, yeah. you're going to go through changes. You're going to go through stuff. Yeah. Stick it out because I promise you, I promise, I promise, I promise, your life is going to get better. But sometimes we don't see it right away. Yeah. And that's the hard part that makes us think, why the heck am I even doing this? Right. Well, I'll tell you, you know? you, um, those are, that's great stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, appreciate all that, Tim. Um, I did not have any of those, those sure. some of those things uh, at that first. A lot of people listening to this, I'll tell you, you didn't right have now. have a Waffle House? Some of the best advice I can give you is <laughs> yeah. we were the kings of avoidance because of through our yeah, addiction, right? So right. we could avoid everything. That was so what my we did. first yeah. two weeks at my mom's place, like waiting to get my assessment. I had gone to AA at uh, at uh, Carver County, but I didn't know where the Bell Plain right, AA right. was. That's where I lived in yeah, Bell Plain. We've got two. We've got two completely different scenarios. Yeah. Which so is I and good. I didn't understand uh, recovery, so I didn't right. even know where to go. Right. But I, I didn't want to do it anymore. And I tell you, folks, you can take this route. I just avoided everything. Like yeah. I, I'm like, I can ignore things really well when I'm using. I'm going to learn how to ignore things. And I went and I bought, I remember when I was a little kid, I did model cars. And yeah. I went and I, my mom bought me two model cars. And I said, Mom, buy me a bunch of paint, too. You know, I had no money. I was broke at this point. She bought me some paint. And for two weeks, man, I took a toothpick and I painted uh, these model cars. I still wow. have one to this day. Um, that I Is did. that when you were staying at your mom's? When I was staying at mom's, right? At, no, I just got out of of jail and i was waiting to get an assessment gotcha, done, gotcha. uh at treat for treatment yeah and that's what i did for two weeks smoked cigarettes and uh painted model cars yeah and avoided everything and i would cry and cry wow. some more and then do some more things and try not to think about things i think that's the i think that's important in early recovery is not to try to it's like anything you do in life you can't look at the whole pie and try to eat it all at once so you can't look at all these wrongs and mistakes you made yeah. all at one time right. you got to try to like okay I, you know what all i'm going to do today is i'm not going to use like that was my yeah i'm just not going to get fucked it's kind of like the you how do you eat an elephant one yeah, bite at right. a time right? and i remember yeah. like, how do you take how do you take the day uh, yeah so how I, many licks does it take to get to the center <laughs> take of a tutu one tutu day tutu at no. a time or, <laughs> yeah. or sometimes we have to take it yeah one song at a time.
Jeremy, uh, thanks for that. I, I, uh, that's so good. I, I want to switch though, just to kind of honor time. Uh, you've, you've, you've started the new habits. You're in that routine. Yeah. All right. You're going. Okay. Yep. Um, sometimes it's, I, I've heard Tim talk about this, like he was almost a decade into it and then he kind of started coasting. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then, uh, a friend of his, I, I remember this. A friend of his had said, "There's no coasting um, in recovery. Yeah, he, he, uh, that you actually, the only way you can coast is by going downhill. downhill you can right? Really coast downhill. So, uh, what helped you keep going when you see so if you've had recovery, you've sure. gotten into those habits. You're like, yep. okay, we're moving forward. We're doing this. We're going. What helped you? you I'll know, tell you early. So early, I got. So I went. I. I Went to five-star treatment facility in Chaska. That's where I met Nancy. I met Kimmy. Nancy, you're amazing. Yes, Come right. On. Met I met some very wonderful people there. Yeah. And um, they started open. They started opening my eyes to, I'm not alone. Wow. And then I was in a room with 16 people doing treatment in group and and realizing that a lot of these people in that room had similar problems I did, like almost the same, right? So now all of a sudden you realize. I really ain't alone. Like there's other people going through exactly what I'm going through. Wow, what and was that, that like for you? Was that did that? That was that powerful. It was really good. It did. Like... It started open my heart. It started making me feel a little empathy. Wow. Like when the person next to me would open up about you know what they're going through in life, I, I genuinely would feel sorry for them. You know, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't remember feeling that very often in my using career, right? Wow. So I, I remember just like that was a new feeling, like I, you know, and like wanting to help that person. Yes. You know, so those were the things that had me come back to treatment every day, and then cool. you know getting guidance like okay here's the 12 steps we started with step one you know and started working through the steps it gave me an actual program now to follow and as i was starting to do them i was actually getting some relief yep and that first time feeling relief was amazing because the only time i get relief was if i cried and then i could only cry for so long and then you'd start looking at the whole pie yeah and then that would scare you overwhelmed yes and then you just shut down right so i mean i can't do this no way yeah exactly you know i just remember like here was a roadmap now and here and it was a long time frame to accomplish this roadmap i mean it's like uh, you know, an eight-month program to the treatment the outpatient was, and they're going to do the first five steps, you know. So here's a long-term roadmap on how to um, achieve sobriety and, like, you know, how to be able to clean the closet out, how to actually look internally, Come on. how to deal with feelings, you yes. know what I mean? So many things that I'd never, ever done, and I'm saying it in front of a group of people, and I was the kind of guy that I couldn't talk in front of three and I would shut down. Hmm. But somehow I was managing to be able to speak, you know, in front of this group in treatment, and every time I did it, though, I felt better. Every time I did it, I felt better. Every time cool. I stepped out of my comfort zone and uh, wrote something down or said something out loud that I hadn't said for 10 years, yeah. I felt better. You know what I mean? Like, wow. I just started feeling better. It wasn't like anything it. was changing. I was still going through court and everything. Um, I was still out on bail. I had a lot going right. over my head. It but wasn't yet, that anything was changing, but everything was but changing. But everything was changing for me internally, right. inside. Yeah, you, were, you, know? you were seeing a whole new way. <laughs> but I was still rebellious. You know what I mean? Like, so I wasn't <laughs> using, but I would still be rebellious with Nancy. Nancy ruined sex for me for that first year. You know? <laughs> just going to throw that out there. She told me, she's like, made a big deal out of it in front of the whole group she because my whole using career was centered around women too mm. because of things i needed to work out right right and nancy's like you jeremy gares cannot be with another girl in the next year like you know what they tell you to stay away from women for a year you absolutely are the poster child of why you can't <laughs> and i remember <laughs> and she worked on me so hard that i was probably six months sober and i just slept with a gal and like oh, i didn't like i got done and i'm like Oh, I'm sorry. Like I remember telling this oh, you gal, think it how was Nancy. I felt, you know what I mean? And like I shouldn't have done it, and it felt like a relapse almost. You know what oh. I mean? Because I didn't use, I didn't drink, but I, it still felt, it felt horrible. You know, but wow. um, those were things I needed to work through, though. You know yeah. what I mean? And those are the changes I had to make for Jeremy. Yeah. So that way I could be a better so, so person. Once those changes happen, yeah. Though, I guess yeah. kind of getting back to that. Yeah. Um, what would you say to somebody? Maybe they've got ten years under their belt. Yeah. And but they've kind of they're kind of they're just cruising. You yeah. Know, maybe they're not really going to any meetings. Maybe they're, you know, they're, oh, I can do this on my own. Right. You know, kind of fell out of it after a certain yeah. period of time. What would you? What helped you 
did you first off? Did you ever get to that oh, place? And then several times. What in helped my you kind of get past that? And yeah, you know, um, going to meetings, <laughs> getting okay. back on the wagon, yeah. running into somebody who was sober. Um, I think the furthest I got away from working a program was when I was running the big store up in Two Harbors. So that would have been, uh, you know, that early, two, like 2013, 14, 15, 16 in that area. Okay. So, you know, you're talking, I was probably close to 15 years sober up there. Um, you know, I didn't, uh, I was so busy. I mean, I would work six days a week and they were, you know, 12, 14 hour days Yeah. where I really got away from my program, you know, and. That was like the times when Tim talks about his wife saying, when's the last time you were at a yeah. meeting? <laughs> My wife didn't even have to say that. I would just be breaking down, you know, at, wow. at, the, at, the, at, the, at the car dealership. And I mean, I say breaking down, like not crying or anything anymore like that. But I mean, yeah. just like, whoosh, all of a sudden that I'd get really angry. And everything was bugging, yeah. bothering me. And then I would go get a, I would go get a, uh, go to a meeting. I'd find a meeting in Duluth. Yes. And, uh, oh man, it was like, phew centered me brought me right back down to earth i would say to that person that you know what you are successful at, in those 10 years and all the great things that are going on in your life are because of sobriety wow so the further you get away from whatever program it was that got you that far okay the easier it's going to be for you to lose that sobriety as well so i you hear know? you say you're worth it like yeah. if you're talking you're worth it your sobriety's worth it Work it. Get back into get that. Get back into it. Find yeah. Get around other people in recovery. That was one of my, I was one of the only, I may have been the only sober person there out of 84 employees. I wow. don't remember having anybody else there that was in recovery. You know, so then you, that's who I lived with. That was my family. Yeah. Basically. I mean, it was more than my family huh. at home and I'm not talking recovery. Right. So, you know, I mean, in a couple of years, it's pretty easy to all of a sudden be talking like the folks that are drinking and partying. Absolutely. And using, yeah. You know, and you find yourself well, using phrases you hadn't used in a long as, time. As you one know? who lives in Minnesota, you know, with people that, that have cold and cold environments, you'd understand this. I, I my rule of thumb is uh, you, when you sit on ice and you become cold like the ice, it's time to get, get your butt off. Yeah, right, start moving but around. But if you're on the ice and the ice is becoming more like you, then you, you just stay. It's okay. Yeah, right. So, like, like think of that. Analogy. Like, if you become, like, the, the habit that you're, or the, the habitat that you're around, if you be, become more like that and you're becoming less like who you are yeah. and, and that sobriety that you carry, then it's get out of that. Just well, and get it out happens of it and then, so easy because life becomes so busy in sobriety because you yeah. do have so many good things that happen in your early recovery you're all you're really focusing and working towards is another meeting another meeting another meeting another meeting and then as you get further and further five years ten years sober yeah. you know you're starting to accomplish a lot of great things in life right. you know good things are happening to you because of the work you put in yeah it's easy to get away from the roots of what yeah. led you to that sobriety you know and you need to get back to that you got to check yourself and say how, how about you tim you I, I know you've i know you got to that spot right you had your you had a friend say hey there's the only coasting that happens in recovery is downhill what what helped you get back in the zone well when you uh when you work a program and you do you take the action do the elbow grease, you reach out, you help people, you have a sponsor, you work through the steps. All of that stuff is breaking your internal chains. Mm. All of that stuff is freeing you up. Well, that's cool. That's yeah. why even even in the the early days when you have what that gift of desperation when you're going through all of this stuff in the first 30 days and, you know, it's real hard, but you're committed to it, it's because you have that gift of desperation. And as Jeremy was saying, all of a sudden these shackles start to fall off and you start to grow on the inside. And then as you grow on the inside, if you keep doing what's suggested and then all of a sudden you start feeling a little bit better, you've gone through the steps you start sponsoring people and you start doing things that are suggested as somebody who's in recovery as you get more and more sobriety in you're we're supposed to grow with a program we're supposed to grow with god we're supposed to grow with our relationship in christ we're supposed to grow with our recovery you know and i know uh what happened to me was um, my life got really good mm. in recovery. 
um, it, it really did. I, I, all my dreams started coming true. I, hmm. I met a great, 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 I feel, um, yeah, I, I stuck to that whole year thing. i actually took it to three years. Ah, wow. <laughs> um, I was such a wreck, you know, huh. and, and I feel like God gave me Alice after three years of recovery hmm. and to have that and all of a sudden have kids and all of a sudden I'm, I'm, I'm touring in a fairly well-known band all over the place and I'm going back to school and getting a degree in music and, and I'm getting to work for the church and I'm all of these things that I love to do and just having a great life. That is not the, it's, it's sort of like when you take medication, I take medication. I have no problem saying it. My doctor, I take it for depression, anxiety, and all of that. And sometimes it'll play tricks on you where I'm really feeling good. Wow. You know, and it's not as simple as just popping a pill for me. I, uh, I have to do all sorts of other things to go in to coincide with it. So I have to take my medication. I have to work a program. I have to exercise. I have to eat right. I have to stay positive. I have to do all of those taekwondo, things. baby. That's right. It's taekwondo, I taekwondo. Taekwondo. Um, so you're doing all of this stuff. Same thing with recovery. You know, you you start doing all of this stuff, and the time to think that you don't need it is ten years into recovery when mm-hmm. you've gone from rock bottom and having literally nothing. Yeah. To all of a sudden you have ten years of a life that God has given you in recovery. Yeah. And for us, our, our lives are, you know, all of a sudden, wow, wow. I've I've got a wife. I've got a family. I, I've got a job. I love, I get to work for the church. I get, maybe I don't need to go to meetings anymore. Maybe I'm cured. Mm -hmm. You know, I can be that guy who just, I've been clean for 10 years and I can just walk through my life with what I know now and it didn't work for me. Mm. It didn't work for me. I don't know about you, but it didn't work for me. And every step I took away from God in recovery was one step closer to relapse. Mm. And what happened to me was I was so terrified of using again that I couldn't, I couldn't drink, but I couldn't live either. And even after all of the stuff that I had gone through in recovery, this was the only time in my life where I really wanted to commit suicide. Wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't oh, want to live after having 10 years of recovery. Man. And instead of, we, we get to that point where it seems like it's impossible for us to get our lives back and we think we've gone too far or we've done too much or we've hurt too many people or... For some reason, we don't think that life is within our grasp anymore. And I'm telling you, that's bullshit. Mm. Because God wants you to know that your life, it's his. It's not even yours. Mm. So we don't have to throw it away. But that is not the time to say, wow, all of a sudden recovery has been great. God's blessed me and my family. And it's like, I don't think I need this anymore. And that's what what the gentleman had said to me. You know, my, my wife... She'd come downstairs, and it was like what you were saying, Jeremy. I'd be downstairs bawling mm-hmm. and crying. And it's like those first early times of when people are using it's like, what's going on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, I don't know how to deal with this. What's right. happening to you? Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. So instead of doing the steps and working with other people and getting those shackles, man, it's sort of like, it's like Godzilla cells regenerating, and they're all coming back. All of that BS is starting to come back and take over on the inside of my head because I'm not doing the things I need to be doing to keep it at bay. That's why they say we're always going to be in recovery and we're not cured because we're still living within our own heads. And my best thinking is what got me to that state. So all of a sudden I'm clean and I decide that I'm going to go back to my best thinking that got me arrested, that got me thrown in jail, that got me... Uh, walking or crawling on my hands and knees into recovery. Yeah, let's bring that back, Mm. (laughs) you know, but, Mm. and my wife called my sponsor, Yoda. And 
He I got, didn't know he had a number. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yoda. One and Yoda. I was looking at the Weird Al uh, concert schedule yesterday, too. Were by you the way. really? Yeah. <laughs> so he's coming to Mankato. What? Yeah. So You're we'll, kidding. We'll we talk about do a road that. Trip. I know. Oh, come um, on. So all of that, um, my sponsor calls me up, says, I'm coming to pick you up. We're going to a meeting. Yeah. Because I couldn't. Do wow. it. I Thank you, Alice. Do it. Yeah. That's cool. So he brought me and we had that great talk. Yeah. And he got me back in. And then you'd think, people always think that when you're in recovery, that just the sheer fact of quitting drugs and drinking, your life is going to get better. Now, obviously, there are elements that will. Like, for instance, you probably, if you're not drinking, you probably don't have to worry about getting a DUI. You know, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. for me, that's a step in the right direction. So one of the things that my committee that was coming back strong had convinced me of, well, maybe it all worked for you in the beginning because just the the sheer act of quitting the drugs and the alcohol made your life better. That's the kind of crap the devil was putting in my head, the enemy. And the enemy was my own thoughts again. Yeah. Yeah. And then after going back, after a couple weeks, I went over the steps again. Yeah. I got more involved. All of a sudden, it was just like the beginning. What I Those love, shackles what I started love falling off that again. Both of you are, are basically, you're saying similar things. You're, you became very intentional all over again. Uh, Absolutely. You, you were very intentional. And it, it's interesting. When you look at, it was, so what does it look like to live that life of grace, to be uh, able to live recovery? And really, there's three main enemies to to uh, living that life of recovery. There's the the old the old us, right? Yep. And mm-hmm. in Scripture it says we're a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. But there's that old that like you're saying that old committee is still there. Yeah. So we have to fight that. There's uh, there's what the world's saying. The world yeah. is another one. The world's yeah. saying, hey, this or that. And uh, then there's I truly believe that there is an enemy of all mankind. I do too. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah, not yeah. if you're a Republican, yeah. it's not a Democrat. If you're a Democrat, it's not a Republican. It's it's Satan and it's goons. Yeah. And you there's there there is uh, there is a power that we can't quite understand that's uh, greater than we can get our mind around. Thankfully, in Scripture, we see greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. Uh, Because of what Jesus has done, is doing, we don't have to fall under that, but we need to recognize it and to keep moving forward. I I want to let Jeremy cap this off, but I do want to say you have to put in the work. Yeah. And if we could bottle this stuff up and sell it, we would be cabillionaires <laughs> over and over again. Well, what you get. probably why AA has had the impact that it's Absolutely. had. Absolutely. Which is beautiful. All these different, recovery, yeah. FRM, yep. all of these. Spirits at rest. Spirits at yeah. yeah. All uh, of these are. So I, I, like, I, I want to close with this thought, though. This was it because we're getting towards the end. I want you guys just take a moment to think about this. Uh, if, 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 if Joe Schmo or Jane Schmo was listening to this and they're thinking about recovery, what would you say, like, how would you, what, what's the benefit? Like, what's, what's the good? We've talked about the bad, right? We've talked about the ugly, but what's the good? What, what would you say? Like, so if, if I'm just saying, hey, I'm, I'm messed up, I'm thinking about recovery, I, I'm not looking for you to be a salesman, that you don't need to, to sell me on it, but from your testimony, What's the good? I guess I'll start with you, Jeremy, as we're celebrating your 20, yes. 20th year today. Yes. What's the good in it? Like, what would you say sure. to that Jane or that Joe? It's a great question. It's what I say every time. When I was using, I could barely balance my checkbook. Mm-hmm. I could barely deal with the thoughts in my head. I could barely get through the day, yeah. right? When I got sober, I learned how to balance my checkbook. Mm-hmm. I learned how to deal with the thoughts right. in my head. I'm an amazing dad. I have four kids. I have a wow. house. You know, we have nice vehicles. We have nice clothes. Yeah. I would say you could have all of that and more. Wow. I got to unlock the best version of Jeremy in sobriety. Right. Yeah. You know, I get to be the best version of me every day. And I get to take chances. And I get to use my brain for what it's meant for, what God wanted me to do here Come on. on this earth. You know, and that's what you get when you put yourself into sobriety, when you put yourself into faith. Right on. Thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. That sounds. How about you, Tim? What would you say to Jane or to Joe? If I think they're Jane or Joe, you're listening right now. We love that you're listening. Thanks for listening. What's What's the good in recovery? Like, what would be that? 
I would say the, the, the greatest gift that I have received in recovery is the ongoing and success with battling fear. Wow. Because fear, when you really think, Whoa, think about a, a lot of deal. things in our lives where fear is the... Fear's behind so much of it. The the fear of hmm. drinking, the fear of drugging, the fear of not drinking, the fear of not drugging, the fear of trying to live clean, the fear of not being just so much. Fe- I had so much fear, fear of who I was and what I had done and all of these things that had just built up in my head. I think the greatest gift that I've had, that I've received is... Today's episode featured I am not nearly as fearful as I used to be and I am willing to take risks and I'm willing to take chances I'm willing to I'm willing to do the things that God wants me to do and I also you know in in the early days of recovery you know you need to be selfish as you figure out this road and where you're going and having people help you but we were selfish in the beginning, so later we can become selfless. Wow. And it has to be, um, we have to give of what we are and who we are and what we do. So people will know, especially newcomers, that most most of our fear is, uh, what's, what's the acronym? False evidence appearing real? Yes. Most of that stuff. Right. It's BS, man. And we... We convince ourselves of a lot of things that aren't true, and a lot of times we become afraid to act on it wow. because of what our committee has told us. It already told us what an outcome is going to be when there's really no such thing as right. that outcome. It's always the worst case scenario, it right? Always, we, as yeah. addicts, a lot of times... Uh, we have that mindset of we're waiting for yeah. that other proverbial shoe to drop. I had a friend that we I love to hang out with, and in, in his mind, whenever we would talk about going camping, somehow in his mind he was always seeing us being killed with bears, like being mauled <laughs> by bears. And I'm like, dude, why do you go there? Like that's like that like the worst dude. case scenario. Yeah.
When you talk about fear, quick, real fast, the, the, we have the sign right above our door. Yeah. Right? And that's kind of the recovery version of fear. It's, there's, a, there's it's another one, Forget too. everything and run, <laughs> which is what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's Whoa. what we were doing. We were yeah. using. The old fear. And then the new part of it is face everything and rise. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's yeah. the sober yeah. version yeah. of fear. Yep. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. I Come like on. it. Yeah. So the new well, ones. Say that one again. Yeah. It's a, the, our using one, right? Our addiction yep. is forget yeah, everything, everything and, and run. run and our sober side of us is face everything and rise and That's rise so face yeah. everything and reminds rise reminds me of 2 Timothy 1:7 where it says that God didn't give us a spirit of fear or timidity mm-hmm. but a spirit of power of love and of sound Oh my mind. gosh, I just posted that today. That's the theme Did of you? tonight's meeting. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> power. Like so, so God's desire isn't that we would be timid, that we wouldn't be a shadow of ourselves. No, he wants us to be powerful people. He wants us to be people that are people mm-hmm. of love. Like right. we share love. We love well. We're able to love ourselves. Uh, like you think of uh, the second of this Jesus that said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. The second is like it to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Mm-hmm. So many people think that we're just supposed to be loving others and then we just give ourselves the leftovers. But Jesus is saying it's the other way around. You need to know how to love yourself. And out of that understanding of knowing how to love yourself, then you're able to truly love others. Yeah. Yeah. But I, that we'd be really good at loving. It is. And it? then yeah. the sound mind, right? That yeah. we're meant to have a sound mind. I, that's the that's that's the beauty of what I've, I'm hearing through the two of you is as you've walked this road to recovery, the the sound mind has developed, which is really cool. I gotta tell you guys, I love this. Yeah, I love, I love it. it. Thanks, thanks for letting me talk yeah. about a van down by the river, uh, which is really good. Uh, Jeremy, you said you wanted to close. Well, us I got in a prayer. great prayer, and guys, you're Ooh, gonna yeah. love this because great. this is a third step prayer, and I thought how Ooh, perfect come on. would be for today. Here we go. So it says, God, I offer myself to Thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may be better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. Ooh, amen. amen. Yeah. Amen. amen. Hey. I think that was awesome. This was great. Thanks for letting me. Tim, Thank you're such sure. a you're such an awesome player. I like it. I like it. I can yeah. just kind of sit back and listen. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> and go with it. But we celebrate your 28 years, Tim. Awesome. That's yes. thank you. And we celebrate your 20 years, Jeremy. Thank you. Good job, my Proud man. Proud of you, brother. Thank this you. This is really Same. cool. And, and you know, those of you that are listening today, if you're on day one, we celebrate you on day one. If you're on day 7,304, <laughs> uh, we celebrate you whatever day that is. We celebrate you today. If you're thinking about starting day one, uh, we want to encourage you. There's a lot of resources out, like Jeremy's talked about in this past. There's apps. If you're looking for a meeting, there's apps that will be able to, uh, to get you to that place. There's different resources. If you're in Scott County, LeSueur County, uh, here in Minnesota, I would, I would highly recommend that you check out Spirits at Rest, that you would check out Faith Recovery Music. Uh, there's, there's different things. There's, there's Celebrate Recoveries, there's AA meetings, there's NA meetings. Uh, get to a meeting. Let's do it. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so important uh, to, you're worth it. Your recovery is worth it. And uh, uh, the future, the destiny that you have is worth it too. Uh, so I, I just want to encourage you to keep going. Uh, thanks again for uh, joining us today. And uh, Tim, I'm happy to give the reins back to you for the next episode. Uh, but uh, oh, this I is loved fun. it. I loved it. You can do yeah. it anytime you want. Oh, I've come on now. Love you guys. Love thanks you guys. for joining Thank us. You. Keep going. Thank you so much for joining the Faith Recovery and Music Podcast with your hosts, Timothy Price, Jeremy Garez, and Pastor Christopher Mark. Faith Recovery and Music is a non-denominational Christian ministry and nonprofit devoted to helping those who are in recovery from alcoholism and drug addiction, and for those who would like to be. You can learn more about Faith Recovery and Music at www.faithrecoverymusic.com. Today's episode featured One Song Strong, written by Timothy Price, performed by the mighty Faith Recovery and Music Praise and Worship Band, featuring Shelley Galvin, Carrie Havlicek, Angie Musel, and Timothy Price. And also we heard He is Exalted, written by Twyla Paris, performed by Timothy Price. If you'd like to learn more about Jeremy Garris, his amazing story, 
and Spirits and Rest Treatment Facility in Montgomery, Minnesota, please visit www.spiritsatrest.com. Christopher Mark is pastor of New Day Church in New Prague, Minnesota. New Day Church is a non-denominational church with an emphasis on community and Christ. To learn more about this mighty man of God, visit him at New Day's website, newday-church.org. Though we may occasionally have doctors, professional therapists, or counselors on the podcast as guests, we ourselves are not. We are simply men and women sharing our faith and recoveries through experience, testimony, music, and the love and grace of Jesus Christ. If you are struggling with addiction, depression, detoxing, or thoughts of suicide, you may need to consult professionals trained in these categories. If you have no one else to call, we plead with you to call the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. If you are interested in having FRM visit you with a faith-based presentation filled with testimony, music, and the love of Jesus Christ, again, visit us at www.faithrecoverymusic.com. Today's episode originally aired March 11th, 2022. Season 3, Episode 10. Celebrating Recovery. Happy Birthday, J-Train.